It's Fire Away Friday. Fire Away Friday. On Exploring the Word, this is your chance to ask us your Bible question at 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. You can also email your question at word at AFR.net or visit Facebook.com slash Exploring the Word. Exploring the Word. It's Fire Away Friday on American Family Radio. You know, we, we spent really a couple of months in the book of Proverbs, Bert Harper and I here on Exploring the Word, and I'll uh, read from Proverbs twenty seven seventeen: Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Well, we welcome you to this edition of Exploring the Word. We call it Fireway Friday, and we hope that iron will sharpen iron, and we'll all get sharper in our knowledge and our appreciation of God's Word, and we're going to open up the phones. This is the day of the week where we take calls the entire hour, and we would love to receive your telephone call. You can call 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840, and we'll be in God's Word, and we'll take your questions, and like Proverbs 27 says, as iron sharpens iron, so maybe the Lord will let us sharpen each other up in the Word. Bert, I've enjoyed our our walk through God's book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs. It has been good, and we I've enjoyed it. It's blessed me. It has helped me. Uh, once again, I found help reading through the book of Proverbs every time I do. And by the way, on Monday, we're going to start in the Gospel of Mark. It's the mm. shortest one of the Gospel accounts, and uh, it, he just gets right into it. And let me just tell you, you know I'm always looking for repeated words. Let me just tell you this. Look for the word immediately. <laughs> In the book of Mark, okay, uh, it, okay. It, it occurs again. You can tell it's on the fast track, and uh, they can't wait to get to the resurrection. And uh, so I, I think it'd be a blessing, but Mark is a great, great book, and we'll start studying that. So we're looking well, forward really to that. Is. Yes. Hey, Bert, i got to ask you a question. When, whenever you've led somebody to the Lord, and uh, it's been our joy to do that a lot— Sometimes I'll ask people, I'll say, you ought to read the Gospel of John, 21 chapters, very easy. Very often, I'd say, read the Gospel of Mark. What is your go-to recommendation when you've led a brand-new believer, uh, your default suggestion, what do you like to ask a new believer to read? I love John. I like First John, because if you read the book of First John, it says, these things I've written to you that you may know and there's five times in the in the book of First John it says that you may know. And I tell them, okay, look at those things, underline those things, and examine what you've done to nail it down. And then I love the Gospel of John because, Alex, it, it just, you remember the last verse? These things have I written unto you that you know, that you may know. Uh, many other things he did, did, but I wrote these that you might nail it down. So the mm-hmm. most important thing that an individual can do is nail down who Jesus Christ is. That's the first, because you can say he saved me, but if you don't think he's God and God in the flesh, you could think that all day. It's mm-hmm. because of who he, he, who he was that he could do what he did. You got it? Amen. If he, Amen. if he wasn't who he was, he couldn't have done what he did. So that's mine now. I I go to John. Well, amen. Well, that is great. Well, folks, the number is 888-589-8840. And, uh, you know, we've been in Proverbs, but your call doesn't have to be about Proverbs. We will take any uh, Bible question, and we'll do our best to give you an answer. And I want to say it's been very special to me this week, Bert. We've had several calls where people needed prayer. And was it yesterday the gentleman in Texas? I thought about it all last night. A gentleman said his 26-year-old adult son yeah. was just very distant, and and it, he said his son didn't say he loved you anymore, you know. And I prayed for that gentleman last night. Amen. And uh, did, didn't that move your heart? And the reason I say this, folks, let's pray for the Lord to kindle within our hearts love for our family members, love for our parents. Um, You know, uh, responsibilities go up, and there's a lot of, um, you know, investment of time. And I I know what it is to care for elderly parents, and I know what it is to set aside my life 
to look after elderly parents, and it's an honor. And let me just say this, you only get one family, and there's there's endless numbers of acquaintances and even close friends, but you only get one family. And um, we say this sometimes, lose at anything else, but win with your family. Amen. But Amen. isn't it a, an honor to pray for each other? It is, and we do, and we'll get those prayer requests, and people write their names down, and I'll get a text every so often or an email saying, we're praying for them, we're praying for them, and that blesses my heart to know that people are praying for those people that ask it. Well, let's go to the phone lines, and the first place we're going to go to is Arkansas and talk to Mike. Welcome, Mike. Yes. Uh, hi, Bert and Alex. Uh, I'm a daily listener and a, a real big fan of everything that goes on at AFR. Bless and, you. Um, I, have a, I have a question about the, the resurrection at the rapture. It used to be taught a lot about it was a bodily resurrection. I'm not sure where that's found or where that thought comes from. It seems to be an unnecessary step. It, it seems to me, you know, they used to say if you, if you were ate by the shark, no problem. God can bring your atoms back together or whatever and then resurrect you. And then you're changed in the twinkling of an eye. It just doesn't make any sense to do the actual bodily resurrection when you were you're spiritual with him to begin with. Why, why put them back in the grave in their body, put their body back together, bring them up, and then trans- transform them? Okay, Mike. Thank you, brother. Thank you for calling. Alex, it says we're going to have a body like unto his body. When do we get that? Oh, great question. And and do you know the, the bodily physical resurrection really is key? Because in Luke 24, 39, uh, Luke 24, 39, Jesus has risen. He's appeared to the disciples, and he says, you know, why are you troubled? Why do thoughts rise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. So Jesus rose physically and rose bodily. Now, uh, as it says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, you know, we're going to get changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, which um, years and years and years ago, they say that in the GE labs, they figured out the twinkling of an eye was one sixty-fourth of a second. Like you can blink, you know, involuntarily we blink. So one sixty-fourth of a second is pretty fast. Bert, um, the dead in Christ will rise first. Dead, buried. All right. Now, hang with me, folks. Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and the graves are opened. And I realize in our linear way of thinking, it sounds like a number of steps. So the spirit in heaven goes back to the grave, the decomposed body gets animated and given a glorified body, then taken back to heaven. But it's going to happen as quickly as a flashbulb going off, isn't it, Bert? It is. And again, <laughs> that twinkling of an eye, we that's the whole promise that I would go to, Mike, that we will have a body likened unto his, and it's called a glorified body it's it's not quote a spiritual body it's a glorified body and that's different because jesus said touch my hands and you know he he was there they could and this glorified body he could go through doors with them being locked but he also could consume food uh <laughs> well it, and, and and let me just say this 45 years ago there was a big theological convention this was in the late 70s, and, and I'm not going to name names, but um, there were some pretty famous Christians, and there were some philosophers who said, well, wait a minute, uh, dead bodies don't rise, so maybe Jesus rose like spiritually, and we don't know, it was some sort of amorphous spirit. And there were a number of people like Norm Geisler and R.C. Sproul that very valiantly, D. James Kennedy was another one who said, no, Jesus physically rose from the grave. It wasn't just this, you know, um, nebulous spiritual thing. And there were a lot of people that very valiantly said, look, Paul was right. If Christ be not risen, we have no hope. And so part of the reason that we say he physically rose from the dead, because that glorified body, Bert, it is a corporeal body. It's tangible, physical. Uh, Jesus could go through walls. Um, by the way, and I'll say this, I know we got to move on. When I was in uh, science class once um, in high school, I remember 
the professor was, or the teacher was trying to explain that, that matter, wood, metal, stone, is molecules in motion. And uh, this professor I had said, I don't know why we can't walk through this disc. We have to walk around it. Because really, why can't molecules pass through or pass nearby other molecules? Uh, physics aside, in our glorified body, we're going to move at the speed of thought. Amen. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Thank you. It Thank is. you, Mike. Let's go to Louisiana. Barbara, welcome. Hi there. Yes. Thank you for calling today. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. What is your question? Explain apologetics over the telephone. Okay. I mean, over there. Yeah. Barbara, you've called the right place because we got one of those guys on with, that's hosting. His name is Alex McFarland. Alex, what is apologetics? Well, thank you for that great call. Well, apologetics, let me first of all say what it's not. It's not apologizing. It's not saying, I'm sorry, or I'm sorry for being a Christian. Please don't be mad at me. I'm a Christian. That's not what it's saying. But apologetics is a word found twice in uh, 1 Peter 3.15. Now, it's found in other New Testament verses as well, but 1 Peter 3.15 says, Be ready always to give an answer to everyone who asks a reason for the hope that you have. Do this with gentleness and respect. So, to give an answer, why do we believe what we believe? To give a reason, um, how do we know the Bible is true? Apologetics simply means to defend the Christian faith. So if we're doing apologetics, whether it be, you know, we can talk about what the Bible says, or we can talk about history and archaeology. And Bert, you and I, earlier this week, we had a question about the Dead Sea Scrolls, which prove so much of the Old Testament. Um, or we could talk about answered prayer, fulfilled prophecy, how Jesus rose from the dead. Um, there are dozens of lines of evidence that point to the absolute reality of the Bible and Jesus. So apologetics is is what Paul was doing up on Mars Hill, wasn't it, Bert? He when really did. Paul said, this unknown God you don't know about, I'm going to explain and persuade you of that unknown God. Amen. And guess what happened? The same thing that happened just about every time the Gospels were presented. Some rejected, some received. And others said, we'll hear a little bit more about this. Uh, that, that part has not changed over the years. We'll be back with more of your questions here on Fire Away Friday right after this break. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Chuck Sams, Director of the National Park Service. His agency manages all national parks, plus national monuments and other historical and recreational properties. Psalm 145.5 reminds us to take time and enjoy God's amazing creation. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Chuck Sams as he leads the National Park Service. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Making comparisons is great when you're shopping for the best deal, but Dr. Tony Evans says comparisons can cripple your spiritual growth. He'll take us to John 21, 22 today as we spend two minutes with Tony. Many of us can't get around to following Christ because we're too busy studying other folk. We're too busy worrying what other people are doing, where other people are going, how other people are looking. Jesus said, now what business of that is yours? You follow me. It is okay to follow people as people follow Christ. It is not okay to let your focus on other folk keep you from following Christ. Many of us say, well, if this person wasn't in my life, I'd be a better Christian. That person is not stopping you from being a better Christian. They're just revealing to you how poor a Christian you really are. 
Jesus says, what is that to you? Follow me. What does that word follow mean? It means to come after. But it means to come after a person, not to simply submit to a program. You can come to church without following Christ. <laughs> you can listen to Christian radio and not follow Christ. You can have devotions every day and not follow Christ because you've reduced it to a program and you've lost sight of a relationship. Jesus says, not follow the program, follow me. In other words, this is a relationship. Learn more about strengthening your connection to Jesus and discover the benefits of a life committed to Him. Check out Tony's CD series, Pursuing Christ, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, 13. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. What will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? I know you're able and I know you can save through the fire with your mighty hand. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. Amen. I hate to interrupt those songs. Hey, some great songs that we have for our, what we call our bumper music, bringing us back in. We appreciate that so much. But let me tell you something else we appreciate. Alex and I both do. People calling in and sharing their stories about how AFR has blessed them. Each year we have two share We have the spring and the fall. Well, in April, we're going to have the spring share And right now we're collecting listener stories about how AFR has blessed you. It may have strengthened you at a time of difficulty. Some of you gotten saved. We've, we've led several people to the Lord here on Exploring the Word while this program was going on. And so you may have a story to tell, and if it's about one to two minutes, that's kind of the length that we need, you can call this number. Write this down. Now, this is not the call to ask us questions, but this is the uh, the number you call to share how AFR has blessed you, 877-876-8893. Let me give it to you again, 877-876-8893. And you say, well, I, I, I could never do that. Well, God might let you do that. I remember as a kid, our pastor, Brother Billy Langley, he's gone on to build the Lord, but as a teenager, uh, I remember on Sunday nights especially, he'd say, the Lord is saying, stand up and share what God's done for you. And the devil's saying, sit back down. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so people would stand up and they would share what Jesus had done for them. And it really strengthened this teenage boy. As I would hear these men and women and even some older teenagers than me stand and say how God had blessed them. So you can do that with your listener stories. That's 877 877- Eight seven six eight eight nine three. Alex, wow. uh, the Sherathon's coming up. We're, we have a great time, so we're looking forward to that. But we're looking well, forward yeah. to answering these questions too today, aren't we? Yes. By the way, I was just on the phone an hour ago with uh, Brent Creedley working on my schedule for Sherathon, and I'm looking forward to being there at AFR. And it, you know, it's a blessing whether you call in and record a testimony or you know, you support or come, you know, a lot of people come to Tupelo, but we're together. We're a team working towards the Great Commission to tell the world about Jesus, aren't we? It is. You know, we studied about the ants in the book of Proverbs, how they uh, just work hard and then they're ready for the winter. Sherathon at AFR is like a, a, a group of ants, but we don't sting and we don't bite. <laughs> but man, we do do the work. Hey, let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to Kansas and talk to Jeff. Welcome, Jeff. Good afternoon. I'll uh, I'll tell you real quick. AFR and you two specifically have helped me in the last five years grow quite a bit closer to the Lord. And if it weren't for all the miles I put on the road, I wouldn't have even found AFR. 
Amen. But you guys have been a blessing to me, so I'll just tell you that before I ask my Amen, question. Jeff. Well, let me tell you this. I okay. want to give a testimony of what God does. Our our job is not so you'll know more Scripture. That's not what we're doing. Uh, even to understand Scripture, our our desire, our heart is so you'll know the God of the Scriptures. When you know Him, I, I just want to tell you. I believe it with all my heart. When you really know Him. You'll want to love him and follow him and give him your life. And so, Jeff, thank Amen. you for that testimony. But yes. how, how can yeah, we talk to you about today? What's what's on your heart, brother? So so I was saved when I was about 18 years old. And uh, let's just say I didn't walk the walk like I should have until I did find AFR about five, six years ago. And so since then, I've really dove in. I'm in, in John right now. I was I just read Luke, and now I'm in John at, at chapter 14. And as I'm reading all this stuff, I'm getting more questions. One of the big questions for me is, you, you touched on it a little bit with that first caller, but it is I'm hearing different things from different preachers about what happens the moment you die if you're a saved individual. And you kind of hit on some of it while ago, and I was listening intently, but <laughs> You know, some people say you you immediately are, you, you know, you meet Jesus as a spirit. Others say, no, you, you go sit for a while in the grave. And anyway, help me understand that better, okay. please. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeff, thank you. Thank you that you're following the Lord right now. Reading through the scriptures, you're going to get that will bless you. It really will. Alex, you hit on it. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That is for believers at the moment of salvation salvation our reservation is secured in heaven and at that point in death that reservation reservation is cashed in go ahead i put it that way go ahead yeah well sir thanks for listening and it's a great blessing you know that that this program is is meaningful to people we completely give god the glory but it it really is nice to hear that but i was as he spoke i thought about second corinthians 5 8 didn't you Paul said, you know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, which is far better. And, you know, the the Bible does seem to indicate that there's an instantaneous transaction that happens at, at death. You know, Bert, I had this question yesterday about, you know, the, the word for death, like um, Hebrews 9.27, as it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. The word, the word translated die there, you know what it means? I mean, we think of physical death, the expiration of life. But do you know the word that's translated die, it really, Bert, in the Greek means separation. Separation of what? The body and the soul. You know, the physical and the non-physical. And so I believe it's very instantaneous, Bert. This idea of soul sleep, that the body sleeps in the cold, cold ground, till the resurrection day, centuries from now. That's really not biblical. Now, I know the body is buried, or the uh, cremated remains, the cremains are stored, but really, the, the real you, your spirit, the real you, instantaneously is in either heaven or hell. Uh, Bert, you read Luke 16, the rich man died, and in hell he opened his eyes. That's why... I got to say, I just think it's, if you don't know that you're saved, it ought to frighten you just a little bit, because as as Erwin Lutzer said, uh, one second after we close our eyes in death, immediately we're either in heaven or hell. And uh, so folks, Amen. be sure that you're bound for heaven, and the way that you do that is by putting your faith in the Lord Jesus. Jeff, I heard it this way, and it's real simple, but it really... First, I don't remember who I first heard it say it, but it blessed me. While we're saying goodbye down here as Christians, we're saying hello in heaven the next moment. And mm. that is so true. That transition is immediate. We were talking about Jesus coming in the twinkling of an eye. At that point in time uh, of death, uh, we are brought into the very presence of God. I believe there's an escort for us waiting for us to bring us on into glory. So, uh, Jeff, thank you for listening, and thank you for your call. It's a blessing to hear from you, brother. Let's go to Mississippi and talk to Clay. Welcome, Clay. Hey, good afternoon. I was just interested in hearing 
your understanding of Deuteronomy 29.29. Okay, let's look at that. Uh, it's toward the back. Now, let's make sure we know Deuteronomy means second law given. Uh, it it was given later on after the children of Israel decided not to go into the promised land, their first opportunity, and then they wandered. But before they went into the promised land, he gave the law again and, and getting them ready to go in. Moses would not go in, but Joshua would. So you come to chapter 29, and you have the parties, uh, the covenant being reestablished and talked about, Alex. But verse mm-hmm. 29 does say this. The secret things which belong to the Lord, our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Alex, uh, you know, we, we, we've we got a lot of understanding through the Holy yes. Spirit and the Word of God, but there's still some mystery to our God, isn't there? Well, yeah, this is such a beautiful verse, and I, Bert, I, this verse makes me just want to worship the Lord. Amen. <laughs> it, it says, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Now, the word translated the secret things, uh, it, the Hebrew word means concealed. And yeah, there are some things that are concealed. But then it says, you know, the things which are revealed. And it's interesting, in the Hebrew, uh, it means uncovered, the things which are uncovered. Now, one Hebrew word means this in English, but those things which are revealed. I mean, that's so there are some things God has revealed, and there are some things that are concealed. Bert, um, I, God has shown us how he created the world. I mean, he spoke it into existence. Now, you and I can't do that. We can't speak things into existence. So how God has the power to do that, I don't know. But it says he, he called into existence the planets, and then he created Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve were in perfect relationship with God until they sinned. So, Bert, I'm frankly—and I've said this many times in this program— I am just grateful beyond words for the incredible number of things the Lord clearly has revealed. What my problem is, sin, how I get that resolved by being born again, how he is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. So I think to the caller's question, what we take away from Deuteronomy 29.29 is there's some things that God has shown us, but there's a whole lot of other things that are known, at this point, known only to him. Amen. I was talking to one of the employees here earlier, right before we came on the program, and we were talking about the things that we do not know. And the things that we do not know are not essential to know. The things that God has revealed to us purposely, now let's get that, he has purposely made these things known to us. Now, whether you receive them or not, that's you. That's you. You may or may not, as an individual, as you're listening today on the radio, you may not do that. You might not receive it. But God has revealed how we are sinners. That, and Alex, you already said it, how we need to know Christ as Savior. And if you're one of those, let me give you a number to talk to someone. It's 1-800-NEED-HIM. 1-800-NEED-HIM. They're our partners in ministry. They love to talk with people, pray with people to nail down their salvation. So if that part has been revealed to you, that you're a sinner lost, that you cannot come to God on your own, you've got to come through Jesus Christ, call that number, 1-800-NEED-HIM. Let's go to Texas and talk to Linda. Welcome, Linda. Yes, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate your program. Um, I don't know if I have a question uh, more than maybe a, a comment or a a heart thing like that just bothers me. Um, like, how does the Bible have anything to say and about um, what the church, how the church could handle um, and or identify, uh, say, sin um, versus um, uh, in the in the home? Meaning, the lack of men leading their families is a result of sin uh, on repentance versus just, um, you know, general marital issues, because the problem is so rampant in the church, 
um, and marriages are just falling apart every day in almost every setting, whether it's a youth, uh, whether it's a, a women's conference or a Bible study. Now it's like every other session, someone's divorcing, and there's just out of ten couples, there's just maybe two staying together or still married, and even those marriages are really struggling. And uh, for the women that I've, you know, had the privilege of talking with, it's just over and over again you hear the indifference of the man, and yeah. or um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Linda, we we're hearing it. Yeah. Yet yeah, you are right on. It is true. That's why Proverbs, with all my heart, is so important, Alex. I think we I went over it, uh, and we may go over it again before we go through the full cycle of the other 65 books because in Proverbs, Linda, you get that. And Alec, matter of fact, Alex opened up with one of those scriptures, iron mm-hmm. sharpens iron, so should a man sharpen or help his brother. And let me say, preach the word in season and out of season. Don't skip over the scriptures concerning the family. You who are Bible teachers and pastors, preach the word. Really do that. Don't don't soft soap it. Tell them the responsibilities. But the females, they're to love their husband. Two main needs, and I'll do this and throw it to you, Alex. Um, uh, the husband's desire is to be respected. That's a, and and the other the woman her desire is security. Secure in the love. Secure in the uh, program. Uh, our ministry, I should say, of of the husband that she he should give her. So, Alex, there is lacking leadership in the home these days, and divorce is running rampant. Linda's right on on that. I hate it, but it's true. Yeah, you know, and, and I'll tell you, um, you know, thank thank the Lord for godly women. Thank the Lord for uh, the good things God is doing, and there are, there are plenty of good things the Lord is doing through a lot of lives. But I want to tell you something, Bert. What is wrong with the American church to a large degree, and by extension wrong with American, American culture, is a lack of biblical manhood. <laughs> you know, men that understand the highest calling of a man and really the greatest role a man will ever play, even, even more than being a financial provider or a protector, is to be a Christian man in the home, uh, loving his wife, being a role model to his children, being the priest and the shepherd of the home. Bert, we need a revival of biblical manhood. We do. What does the wife do? According to Peter, they're to live godly, that their husbands might see the reality of who Jesus Christ is. We'll be back with more of your Bible questions after this break. I can just turn that radio station on, and it just comforts me. It gives me peace. It gives me hope. AFR is sharing the love of God, and we'd like to know how that has affected you. I just want to thank God so much for Christian Radio and especially AFR. Call 877-876-8893 and give us a minute or two about AFR in your life. Call in your AFR story today. Keep up the good work. You're an inspiration to me. Can we trust the Bible? He says, we saw this. And that sets the Bible apart from almost everything else in the ancient world and its religious pantheon of gods and goddesses. The God Who Speaks, the important documentary from the American Family Association, is now available to watch for free on AFA's brand new streaming platform. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to watch this award-winning film today. Thegodwhospeaks.org. 120 witch doctors come to Christ. This is Bible League International. In Indonesia, Pastor Tandi invited a witch doctor on the island of Papua to hear the gospel. The man came with 120 apprentices, men and women learning witchcraft. And after hearing the gospel preached, they all accepted Jesus and are growing as believers, but they need Bibles. You can send one today for only $5. $50 sends 10, every gift matched. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-Y-E-S-W-O-R-D, or give it sendbiblesnow.org. 
Bible.org. This is Bible League International. Many women in the Middle East are treated as less valuable, forced to marry young, and denied an education, meaning that many cannot read or write. So Bible League is giving them the gift of literacy and dignity and showing them God's great love. Magda was asked by her husband to skip these literacy classes, but she endured and something beautiful came about. Learn what she did to win her extremist husband over. Hear it all now. It's only 15 minutes and free of charge at BibleLeague.org slash podcast. BibleLeague.org slash podcast. Perhaps my father will feel me. Then I will be as a deceiver in his sight, and I will bring upon myself a curse and not a blessing. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The American Friends Service Committee thought they'd landed a gem of a hire for their regressive social justice program when they landed the queer Muslim Latina Raquel Evita Saraswati as their new chief equity, inclusion, and culture officer. There's only one problem. Her name is actually Rachel Elizabeth Seidel. Her mother, Carol Perone, said, I call her Rachel. I don't know why she's doing what she's doing. She's chosen to live a lie, and I find that very, very sad. Rachel Seidel is British, German, and Italian. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Word of God speak. Welcome back. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Finding myself in the midst of you beyond the music, beyond the noise. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex and Bert, so honored that you're listening. And uh, the number is 888-589-8840. We'll get to as many calls as we can. You know, uh, let me just briefly say this. Coming up at about five and a half weeks is Truth for a New Generation. We're going to be in Paris, Tennessee, which is not that far from Nashville. Paris, Tennessee is going to be amazing, April 21 through 23. I'll be there. Bert will be there. Abe Hamilton will be there in person. Will and Mickey Addison. Carl Kirby. Now, you need to, if you would, please go to my website, which is alexmcfarland.com. Alexmcfarland.com. Uh, we've got a big youth rally in a high school. We've got a pastor's luncheon on Thursday. Then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, April 21, 22, 23. The theme of Truth for New generation is this. Listen to this. Truth matters, confronting the issues that will shape our future. We're going to talk about how you can know what you believe and why. How do you defend your Christian faith? How do you pray? And you personally can make a difference in calling our nation to the Lord, and how you your kids cannot fall away when they go away to college. And what about the gay and lesbian and transgender agendas? So much more. It's going to be amazing truth for a new generation, April 21 through 23 in Paris, Tennessee. And I would encourage you to register. I'm sure it'll fill up, but we want you to be there. We want you to be there. And it's going to be a great time of encouragement, fellowship, and revival and Bert, uh, I want to say thanks to you. You keep a pretty full schedule too, my friend, and you've carved out time to be there. And in addition to speaking on Friday the 21st, you're going to really kind of be the MC that night, Bert. Yeah, so, man, I, I'm going to keep them in line when Alex is not there. So we're looking forward to it. Paris, Tennessee, and we're looking forward to that weekend and asking God to just stir our hearts for him Amen. that we'd love him. Hey, we got people online. We're going to go to those phone lines to Louisiana and talk to Hartwell. Hartwell, thank you for calling. My question is, did Jesus teach to judge with a righteous judge? With righteous judgment? Yes. Uh, Alex, uh, now judge. People say, oh, judge not lest I be judged. We've got to make judgments call. Now, we can't look at the intent of the heart. That's God's territory. Mm -hmm. uh, but we do have to make evaluations, which leads us to making decisions, which evaluation decisions sounds a little bit like judgment, Alex. Well, see, in Matthew 25, 31 through 46, Jesus talked about the righteous judge will separate the sheep from the goats. And that's really a reference from Psalm 7, verse 11, that God is the righteous judge. Now, here's how we can... Um, Really, and I know we personally don't have the 
the right to pass judgment on people, but when we evaluate through the lens of God's Word, God is righteous, His Word is righteous, we absolutely can stand where the Bible stands. And I know, Bert, I know a lost world will say, well, you're being judgmental. No, I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. (laughs) And and we can't, uh, their intent, uh, it sounds bad. We wonder why the intent is there. We don't know, but we can know truth. And, and that's what we look at, truth. And when you uh, discredit marriage between a man and a woman, we make a judgment that your teaching is wrong. And the Bible talks about revealing those false teachers. So, yes, we do, but we do it with the, right, with, with the righteous judge and his word that he's given us. Let's go to North Carolina. Lewis, welcome. Uh, yes, uh, I'm calling from North Carolina. Yes, thank you for calling. Oh, Burke and Alice. Hola, señores. How are we doing? Fantastic. Oh, blessed. Good to have you. <laughs> well, I called last night, but you hit, you hit mine at the end about uh, 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 today is the day of salvation. So you got that one. But I do have a question. Uh, and, and the question is on the book of Acts, the book of James, and 3 John, they don't end with the amen. Okay. And I'd like to know why. Okay. Now, the book of Acts, let me just tell you, it's completely different than any other of the books in the uh, in the New Testament. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they cover the same subject. The book of Acts connects that all the way through, and uh, he, it's not saying, so be it, you know. And James is a book on Alex. Uh, I love what my professor at Blue Mountain College, James Travis, said. If you read the book of James, it's a handbook on Christian living. I can't think of a better theme than that. And then in Third John, he's getting to the very point about what he's trying to get to. I, Lewis, there's no real clear, clear answer, but, Alex, when you see the content of those, uh, it wouldn't necessarily mean leaving off men is bad or anything. Well, you know, virtually all of Paul's books end with amen, Right. Um, So, one of the reasons that Hebrews, people wonder who really wrote Hebrews, Hebrews does end with an amen, like virtually all of Paul's writings, but Acts was written by Luke, James by James, and 3 John by John, so it might be they don't have an amen because they weren't, uh, the the style of those writers, and obviously the writer is the Holy Spirit, but uh, the one to end his books with amen was Paul and Peter. Amen. <laughs> hey, like that. I was trying to be funny. Amen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, amen. Good one. <laughs> okay. Let's go to West Virginia and talk to Rick. Welcome, Rick. Hey, Alex and Bert. I certainly appreciate you taking my call and your show. Uh, my, my comment, and, and I wanted to get your point of view on something. Um, we all go to, and I, and I do it myself, go out of town, go to conferences, big revivals, big meetings, and we always go with an expectation that God's going to move, and God always seems like he does, and everyone is blessed and, and really uplifted. My thought is if if we would go as the church weekly as we go to our local churches, if we would go every time we go, go with the expectation that God is going to really move and and see people blessed and just edified and just built up, if we would go with that expectation, wouldn't you think? I really feel like we would see God move in a mighty way Amen. over in the church in general. I just wanted y'all's uh, comments on that. Thank you, Rick. Amen. Yeah, I think you ought to go with expectation. I I do as pastor. I remember Charles Haddon Spurgeon in his school that he was talking. He was talking about this young man. He said, "Would well, you'd expect." For people to move every time you preach, and he said no, and he said, "Well, that's the reason they're not moving." <laughs> and, and Alex, uh, but I will say this: Do you know the holy days that God set in the in the year year for the for the Jewish people? These were mm-hmm. a time to get away from the quote norm and go to something yeah. that is that, and going to conferences like that now, Rick, and different things. It's out of the norm. And there is that great expectation. There was that way in the Jewish calendar, Alex. 
Yeah. Well, you know, August 6th through 11th, I'll be at Pigeon Forge with the Faith and Family Retreat. And I think um, we need to go to things. But uh, Matthew nine twenty nine, Jesus healed a blind person. And Jesus said this, as your faith is, so shall it be unto you. And Bert, I think whether we're going to prayer meeting on Wednesday night or a Billy Graham crusade, course we can't do that anymore sadly but yeah we need to go with expectation because every day bert i think every day the lord has stuff for us don't you i really do after what took place at asbury and cedarville i remember going to church that sunday morning eight thirty service we have two of them at auburn baptist church here close to tupelo mississippi where i'm the interim pastor i went with extra anticipation What's God going to do today? So when you come back from a conference and you come back from one of these meetings, you should be, you know, built up enough. Say, Lord, man, what what will you do today? So you you can't you can't make it happen, but you can carry a good spirit with you once you get there. So I, I pray that would happen this Sunday in churches that are listening right now. Let's Amen. go to Texas and talk to Gary. Welcome, Gary. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, the other day, we were, my kids and I were reading from the Word, and they posed a question to me that I just kind of boggled my mind. And here's the question. In Genesis, uh, God created an expanse to separate the water below from the water in the sky, and he called this expanse heaven. And then when Jesus was baptized and he came out of the water, it's, it, the Bible says that the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. So this expanse, is that where heaven's at? Okay. We know it's Good up. Don't. Go ahead, Alex. Time-wise, we're Good getting away. Yeah. Uh, well, the Bible uses the word heaven in three senses. There are the heavens, like the sky where the birds fly, and then the heavens in terms of the planets in outer space. But then there is heaven, the abode of God. And, Bert, I believe like at the baptism of Jesus— really, or the Mount of Transfiguration, when the heavens opened and the light of God's glory shone down and the voice of the Father. I mean, I think it's really all the way from our sky to God's abode. God split the created order and spoke down. So look at the context. Is it talking about the sky? Uh, It'll say the starry heavens above, you know. Is it the sky? Is it the planets? Or is it heaven where where God is. And Paul got caught up into the third heaven. He got caught up. Isaiah saw the The presence Lord. of God. Yeah, Isaiah saw the Lord uh, when in the year that King Uzziah died and his train filled the temple. There are those of God coming down, but there's also those that got the vision of where God was. Great call. Thank you. Let's go to Ohio. Gene, thank you for waiting. Go ahead. Hi, good afternoon. Um, I was reading in First uh, Samuel, I think it was 16, and there's a, a passage that says an evil spirit from God came upon Saul. Yeah. And I was curious about that because, you know, there's no evil in God. Um, like a little explanation about that. And also um, when God would harden people's hearts. Uh, okay, Alex, again, like don't have a lot of time. Gene, thank you. for call- Great question. You're not the only one. This is one of the most common questions we get here is about the evil spirit coming upon, upon Saul. Go ahead, Alex. Yeah, you know, um, imagine walking past a backyard and there's some really mean dogs just growling, and if, if that gate somehow opened, boy, they'd come out and lunge at you. Um, you're right. There's no evil in God. There's no unrighteousness in God. But I think what happened there in First uh, Samuel 16 was that God allowed uh, a demon to torment Saul. Uh, God, did, God, there's no evil. There's no sin in God. But Bert, presumably, there are Satan and his demons that are like the that old bad dog. They they bite us if they could, uh, but. God somehow prevents that, but God didn't cause it, but God allowed it. Is that a fair way to look at it? It is, and let's go to the New Testament with Peter when Jesus said, Satan has desired, and I'm going to let him. He's going to sift you as wheat, and when you come out of that and you're redeemed from that, delivered from that, you'll be able to strengthen your brothers. So, So God lets us go through those periods. Those of us are believers, 
And when we come out on the other side, depending on him and growing and making those decisions, we come out ready to minister and help others, Alex. And far as hardening their hearts, listen, you harden your heart. God has put it in us. When I harden my heart uh, and I say no against God, God comes back, and that way he's hardened it again, giving us another opportunity. But you don't have to have a hard heart. You can be the Bible says in Ezekiel and Jeremiah, he'll take that stony heart and make it a heart of flesh, Alex. That's good mm. news, isn't it? It's great news. Amen. Praise God. Gene, thank you for calling and your patience. Let's go to the last call of today from Iowa, and it's Brendan. Brendan, thank you for calling. Hi, thank you very much. Um, I just want to say I love you guys' program, and I hope God blesses you both with many, many rewards. Thank you, man. Thank you. Amen. Bless you, thank my you. friend. Thank you. To God be the glory. Yes. So my question is from uh, Matthew 19, um, 16. It says, Behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. So I believe Jesus is the Son of God, and I also believe Jesus is God. But why does he downplay that he's not kind of like, I don't know, I'm getting kind of like that he's saying he's not that okay. good. He's not as okay. good as God. Okay, great mm. question. Man, we're getting great questions today. Let me see. Do you think, Alex, this young ruler came to Jesus knowing he was different, but not quite recognizing him as God? He was, notice, he uses good teacher. And yeah. so Jesus was responding to him and in, in, in I'm going to use the word sarcastic way in a way, you know, go ahead. Well, yeah, in, in a way, it's almost like I, I get the impression whenever I read this that the rich young ruler came to Jesus because he thought Jesus would tell him what he wanted to hear. And he says, why do you call me, verse 17 of Matthew 19, why do you call me good? Because Jesus is essentially saying, if you really think I'm good, then you're going to believe what I'm about to tell you. Yeah. And remember, God is the only good one, and that's who Jesus is, the Son of God. So if you really want to hear uh, what I'm telling you, here's what you do to inherit eternal life. And it says, you know, the young man went away sad because he had great possessions, verse 22. So I think what Jesus, in no way was Jesus denying his deity, but he was calling out this young man because the young man came to Jesus hoping he'd hear what he already wanted to hear in his own decision. He really did. And notice what Jesus does. He hits home where you live. Jesus knew that area. He said, oh, I've, I've done this, I've done that. But Jesus hit on the point that he knew was standing between he and God. That's what God is doing in lives right now. He is showing you what you need. You need to surrender. You need to repent and come to Christ. Alex, it's been a been a great week, hasn't it? It really has, folks. Thanks for listening. You know, Monday we're going to pick up on Mark, and you'll be there at the very beginning, so you might want to read Mark chapter 1. Do this. Be in church on Sunday. Amen. And invite somebody. Get somebody into the sound of the gospel. And we're so glad you've been listening to Exploring the Word, the American Family Radio Network. Tell somebody about AFR, but most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.